All right. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim. And it's been three days since I've last recorded a podcast. And okay, my voice is a little low because I'm actually renting a room right now in Frankfurt. <laughs> I got to Frankfurt earlier today uh, from Berlin. And I'll do a Frankfurt episode tomorrow night. But yeah, uh, it's been three days since I've last recorded a podcast. And I guess I'll give you a recap as to what happened in those last three days. So, I last left you day four. I believe I was on that bridge overlooking Dom Berlin, Dom Berliner, on the Spree River. And uh, yeah, uh, and the next day, day five. Actually, no, hold on. So I got back to the hostel. Yeah, so I got back to the hostel, went to bed, and then day five. Uh, Carabelle and I just uh, we just walked around. I actually don't really remember what we did day five. <laughs> oh man, it's all a blur. I don't really remember. All I remember was we. I think we were at Cruzberg. No, 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 no. That was day three. Oh man, it's all a blur. But yeah. But all I remember is that I ended up going to well, we ended up going to a bar after dinner. Uh, we had really good pizza in, I think, Wedding. It's a part of town in Berlin. Yeah, it's called Wedding. And, like, Wedding. And it's spelled exactly like, you know, Wedding. Like, someone getting wet. Like, someone having a wedding. And we we had drinks. Well, I had one drink. And then he had one. We each had a drink. Then he went, because he wanted to go check out this uh, this event. I wasn't really interested. I kind of wanted to stay at the bar. And I like that bar. It's like a very local spot. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here. When he left, I had another pint, hung out. And then I walk back to, yeah, I walk back towards the hostel. Took my time. And, and oh, actually, I think that was the last day I left you. Anyway, whatever. So um, I went back to the hostel. And then when I got back to the hostel, Kirbo was there. And then uh, he and I had one more drink at the hostel because there's a bar in the lobby so he we we had a drink and we were joined by Giacomo Giacomo who's our roommate he's from New York from Queens he has a New York accent like he, there's certain things he says I'm like oh you're such a New Yorker the way you would say it like um instead of saying ask he'll say axe you ax that guy you ax that guy I'm like oh you're so New York or um instead of saying water he'll say water water yeah yo you need some water you need some water and i'm like oh man you new yorker but um jack was a really cool guy and we hung out with him that night we had a lot of drinks uh i was really drunk uh by the end of it but we hung out with him me caribou and jackamo it was it was a cool night the next day we we're talking about it. i was like all right tomorrow night it's gonna be friday which is day uh day six it's gonna be a friday and then we're gonna we're gonna go to a club I was like, yo, I'm down. I'm super down, which I was because one of the clubs that we mentioned was Berhane, I think it's called Berhane, which is a legendary club in Berlin. Like it, if you go to Berlin, everyone says you have to go to that club because it's kind of like a really wild place. There's a lot of myths and legends and stories about it, but I never been. So I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, and oh spoiler i didn't go <laughs> um remember i was really wasted and there's another club that giacomo has already been to that he mentioned the carabao 
or mentioned to us saying that there's a club called Sisyphus. And Sisyphus sounded really cool. <clears throat> so I was pretty down to go to both or one or the other. So the next day comes. We're all in the same room. We wake up around 11-ish. Wake up a little pretty late. I woke up with a sp- I woke up around 10. And when I woke up around 10, we went to bed around 3. I woke up around 10. I realized that, oh man, I'm still drunk. This is not good. So I went back to bed. And by 11, I had the worst hangover. And I was like, ugh, this is not good. And I was in a mess. And that's why I didn't record because just that day I was a complete mess. We went and I, and you know, we're discussing what are we going to do today? What are you guys down for? And we had planned that we would go to a tattoo convention. And then Kirbal wanted to go to some gallery. And I was like, all right. So our original plan was tattoo convention, gallery, club, and then home. And then fitting food in between all those things. Um, unfortunately for me, we woke up late and tattoo convention was my idea, but because I was so out of commission, we didn't go to tattoo convention, but we did go have some pho and the pho was amazing. Uh, Giacomo never had pho, which kind of surprised me before a New York guy, but he enjoyed it. He loved it. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, from my experience, pho is a really good hangover remedy. But it didn't really help. I still felt like a splitting headache. I just felt awful. Dehydrated. Just, just It wasn't good. So I told the guys, I was like, listen, let's go back to the hostel. I'm going to take a nap. You guys do your thing and I'll meet up with you later. I ended up sleeping for three, four hours. And I woke up and I asked them where they were, where they were at. They were at the gallery. They were having drinks. And then they finally come back to the hostel. And Kirbo is like <laughs> shaking my bed. It's like, yo, let's go. Club time, club time, club time. And I'm like, I don't think I could go. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I still feel pretty awful. I'm reaching a point in my life that hangovers, I can't get over hangovers after like three, four hours. I recover from, it, it takes me an entire day now to recover from hangovers. And Kirbo, you know, was saying like, you know what? He was saying, to be fair to you, You've drank the most out of all of us in this entire trip. And this was the first time you ever got, you know, this wasted, which was true. So, yeah, um, I stayed in that entire day. I stayed in while they went to the clubs and they were trying to find a way into uh, Berhane. And I'll tell you. Oh, OK. Uh, fun fact, Kirbal is now in Paris and I'm here in Frankfurt and Kirbal flies out to Montreal tomorrow. And... <clears throat> While uh, they were away, I met our new roommate, our fourth roommate. There's only four people in our room. And it's a four-person room, rather. And the fourth guy, his name was Mike. Uh, Mike is an interesting character. <laughs> um, he's a nice guy, but he's, uh, he's a little weird. But he's a skater, a skater from California. He seems to be in his late 30s. And... It's funny because as soon as he came in, he just started telling me, he's like, hey, I didn't realize they need a, a passport in this place and I don't have my passport. And I was like, you don't have your passport? I was like, how'd you get here? He was like, oh, I came in from Prague. I'm like, oh, okay, that explains it. Europe and open borders. I was like, all right, it explains it. But I was like, but if you don't have your passport, like, how'd you check in? And he was like, oh, I emailed my parents and my parents sent a picture of my passport and it was all good. I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, but where are your parents at? And he was like, oh, they're in Prague. I was like, all right. Oh, was, they, they're on a family trip to Prague. And yeah. And uh, Mike was a cool guy, skater. Uh, he's been in Berlin many times. And he, you know, 
he's a nice guy uh nice guy just a little weird but he's a he's a really cool guy like really typical california skater dude but other than that you know sweet guy uh i notice he doesn't drink and i'm like all right you know that's good to know nor do i want to force anyone who doesn't drink or you know i don't know his story completely but i'm not gonna force him to do that so yeah so that night i just went back to bed and i remember on 4 5 a.m kirbal giacomo stumbled back into the hostel and i was like okay they got a story so i'm gonna ask the next day so next day comes and uh actually next day comes and giacomo woke up at 6 a.m because he has to catch a flight at like 9 a.m and i remember i'm i know i remember him telling me that so i was like i'm gonna make an effort to wake up at 6 a.m with him just to say bye so i woke up at 6 a.m and he was getting ready i told him hey giacomo it was good knowing you like you're super cool a lot of fun have safe trip and if you're ever in montreal let me know you know you got a place to stay and he was like oh i appreciate that and and he later dm kirbel he was like hey man if you're in new york let me know we're gonna go party and stuff but yeah uh, he's a yeah cool guy so giacomo leaves and then next morning kirbel and i go for breakfast so i asked kirbel i was like okay so did you guys get into Bergane or what or Berhane? i'm gonna keep calling Bergane because it's spelled b-e-r-g-h-a-i-n and i was like okay so did you guys get into Bergane or what and kirbel was like well here's the thing uh Earlier that day, uh, okay, backtrack. So while we're having pho, we asked the waiter, what do we need to do to get into Bergane? And the waiter said, oh, one of my coworkers, my manager actually, has been to Bergane. And my manager would spend three days inside that nightclub, which I thought that is preposterous. That's insane. And he would say, like, my manager would have a bag full of things for the weekend. And he would just go to Bergane party for three days he'll find a dark corner because the nightclub is is like an old building that's like four stories high it's just this abandoned old building and he was like my my manager would find a corner in the nightclub where it's dark and he would just sleep in the corner whenever he needs to sleep <laughs> so that gives you an idea what the nightlife in germany is like or the nightlife in berlin is like and i'm like all right that seems quite intense and he said you have to dress all black, no white shoes. Kirbao only had white shoes, so that was problematic for him. And before they went out uh, to go to Bergen, I gave I had one pair of black shoes. I told Kirbao, wear mine. They're size too small, but hopefully it works out. And Kirbao's like, all right, cool. So while well, Kirbao, next day, Kirbao and I were having breakfast. And I asked him, so did you get into Bergen? He said no, because one of the things that they learned was while at the gallery, they met a, a local who's been to Bergen many times. And they Giacomo and Kirbal asked him, how, okay, how do you get into Bergen? Like, is there like it's kind of like figuring out a secret code into like a video game level? And uh <laughs> basically they waited in line and the one the guy one of the guys said that to wear all black is a myth. You don't have to wear all black, just be yourself. And because the bouncers see that, if the bouncers see you're trying too hard. They're not going to let you in. And if you're dressed all black and all leather and stuff, it kind of stands out that you're a tourist. So they're not going to let you in. So they're like, just be your authentic self and just, you know, just be yourself. And uh, and the guy said, uh, that's pretty much what the guy said. But also another tip that the local said to Caribou and Giacomo is, uh, go by yourselves. Don't go as a group. Getting in as a group is difficult. But if you go as single people, 
they'll let you in easier. It's a, you'll have an easier time getting in. So, Carabelle and Giacomo were in line, and they're talking, you know, they're just hanging out. And Carabelle gets in front, gets to the line, and the, the bouncer asks him, are you, here by, are you here by yourself? And he hesitated to answer that question. And it was obvious that he was with Giacomo, who was right behind him. So the bouncer said, nah, you're not getting in next. And Giacomo got rejected too. So they both got rejected because because of that. <laughs> but Giacomo supposedly insisted on at Kiribati saying that, oh, it's because of me we didn't get in. It was because of me. But Kiribati was like, no, it was because of me. They're both being nice guys. But then they got into Sisyphus, which they already had stamps for it because they went at the club around 8 p.m. or some sort. They went to that club like 8 or 10 p.m. pretty early where there was no line. So they already had the stamps. They were like, all right, let's just go back to the nightclub, which they had a, a fantastic time. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, that's it. And then like that same day when Kerbal and I had uh, breakfast, what did we do? Man, I really don't remember stuff anymore. All I remember is that we had a good time. What I remember the most is actually the last day of Berlin, but I'll get to that in a second. However, uh, later that day after breakfast, Kirbal had, uh, had a date, actually. Uh, I think it was like a hinge date. And the girl that he was with asked him if he got into Bergen. And he said, no, he got rejected. And she apparently seemed quite surprised. She was like, how did you not get in on this night? It was like a that particular night. I think it was a Friday night. That Friday night is supposedly an easier time to get in. And what she said was, she seems a little surprised because if you go individually, it's easy. But also, if they if they see you're like a minority, apparently they let you in easier. I'm perhaps misremembering that. But Giacomo, I guess, uh, being an Italian guy from New York or a white guy in New York, uh, they probably wouldn't let him in for that reason. I mean, I'm guessing. I have no idea. But Kiribo, she was looking at Kiribo, who's, you know, a guy who, an African, African guy, uh, assuming that they would have let him in easy. So that piques, that piques my interest. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But anyway, who knows? I never been. I never tried to go in. But yeah, uh, that was also an interesting day. And then Kiribo, while Kiribo was on that date, I... I just kind of walked around. I walked around a lot. I came across a North Korean embassy, which was kind of interesting. And kind of sort of, you know, I just walked around the city, kind of get really trying to understand the vibe of the city. What is it like? Because seeing the nightlife of it is definitely one important aspect of it. But I, I like to just kind of walk around and just observe regular life as it happens. And I got back to the hostel. I bumped into a... A Dutch guy named Boss from from the Hog, and you know I met him a few days prior, and I sat with him. We, you know we had drinks, and Scotland was playing Ireland in the Nations League, and there was a bunch of Scottish fans in front of us. It was all women. They were incredible. They were so much fun. They were just singing every single song for the you know Scottish national team, and that was fun. And Scotland beat Ireland two one. That was a fun game, fun night. Had a few drinks, and then went to bed easy night and Carabao came back early and Carabao <laughs> when I saw him Carabao in the room he was like okay we have another chance to go to Bergen and that very much piqued my interest I'm like go on how do we get in and he said apparently his date told him that another way to get to Bergen is Sunday morning at 7 a.m 
try your luck at 7 a.m. You go to you go to 7 a.m. and if the bouncer rejects you, that's fine because they change bouncers at 8. And if you go at 8, that means you have a second chance again to the club. So you have two chances in one day, and it's a rare opportunity. It's like this window of hope. And this, by the time Kiribati tells me this, it's like 12:30. So I look at him. I was like, that means we're gonna have to be up at six max we have to be up at 6 a.m he was like okay so i told Kiribati, i was like if you wake up first you wake me up and if i wake up first i'll wake you up uh fast forward i woke up at 7 a.m and i look at my time i'm seeing Kiribati, he's snoring and i'm just i'm exhausted and i'm like you know what i'm gonna be boring and value sleep and we woke up like at 10 i look at Kiribati, i was like how down are you to go and he was like you know what Berlin's here forever. Bergen is here forever. We'll try again when we come back to Berlin. And I told him, if you come back to Berlin, I'm going with you. No matter what excuse I give you, I'm going with you. And he said, okay, let's do it. Because there's something about that club has such a mythical status that I have to get to the bottom of this. Even if it's just for 30 minutes, I just got to see this place. Experience it because you're not allowed to take pictures at all. And I've heard so many stories of people who've been there and told me what they've seen and it just seems like a lawless society in there that's why i'm just i'm so curious to see what this place is about um so yeah and that was saturday sunday our last day in berlin and uh Kirbal and i went to have well really lunch we woke up late we went to have lunch at ram or ruyam ruyam turkish doner place doner kebab best kebab i've ever had in my life i had a gamusa doner which is like a sandwich it's it's next level stuff oh my god it's so good next level stuff it's incredible and then uh, after that we walked around we pretty much walked from that spot which is further south of the city we walked from there to admiral brooka which is about a one hour walk but it was a beautiful day so we just enjoyed a walk we saw David Bowie's. We saw David Bowie's uh, old apartment where he used to stay at when he lived in Berlin. And there's one thing I did notice actually, in most in all the parts of town I've been to in Berlin, I've seen a lot of FC Ber- Union stickers. FC Union being one of the Berlin clubs, the one of the soccer clubs. And all of those parts of town, FC Union was the club. There was just FC Union everywhere. But in that southern part, walking towards Amerbrucke. It became. It was all Hertha Berlin clubs, Hertha Berlin posters and everything. So I was like, "Oh, interesting. Okay, this is a Hertha Berlin part of town. It's kind of divided." I was like, oh, "Okay, interesting. It was just a interesting thing I noticed." And uh, yeah, we walked through Victoria Park, and then we got Admiral Brooke, and there was like this trio performance: one guitarist, one p- pianist, and one rapper. But <laughs> he was rapping. And it was all in German, and we had one guy kind of translate what he was saying, and he was saying it's more like early rappers' angst. And I'm like, all right, cool, which I guess is kind of like, I suppose, Eminem vibes. <laughs> but it was, uh, what I loved about it, it was just, I didn't understand much of the lyrics, but there was a lot of soul, a lot of passion, and there was, a, there was not just rapping, there was singing, and that same rapper was playing the trombone. And I was like, okay, this guy is very talented. And it was not just that. It was also a very jazz vibe to it, too. So I was like, this guy is... I was fascinated by his performance. So I thought, well, this is really cool. And yeah, so at, at Marbuka, we had a we had a wine and a beer. 
and then we went to Mauer Park. Mauer Park is my favorite park of all time. It's so special. It's if you've been to the Tam Tams in Montreal, which is on uh, is on Jean Moss. It's like uh, yeah, Jean Moss on uh, Du Parc. The Tam Tams is such a mini version of what Mauer Park is. Mauer Park, it is the most incredible place to be on a Sunday. We got there and we had we saw this one guy, this Italian guy, who was live looping music with his piano. He had a, oh damn it, what's it? Uh, the indigenous instrument from Australia. Uh, a didgeridoo. He had a didgeridoo. <laughs> he had a didgeridoo, electric keyboards from the eighties. He had a like a little tambourine or a little drum, and he had like another like a clingy thing or whatever. And he would just live loop all these beats and he would create these incredible techno beats and it was just so much fun. So like, Carabelle and I had a beer. We just listened to this music and just vibed out. And while this guy was performing, there was some other dude dancing, but he was not really dancing. He was just way too high out of his mind. I don't know what he took, but he just took some sort of like psychedelic that was just like, it was becoming disruptive where the, the, the DJ was saying like, if, you know, he's pretty much like, indirectly telling this guy saying like i don't mind if you dance i encourage you to dance but if you're being disruptive i cannot perform and so he's saying like so if someone's being disruptive please push him aside and finally he got we got him to you know the dj got him to sit down then the guy got back up and he was just dancing around kind of being disruptive like it was it was kind of it was funny but also weird at some point some man pulled him and spoke to him german just told him like yo stop just chill and the guy kind of disappeared. And at that park, I sat next to a man while listening to music. He looked like an OG hipster, you know, with a toque, plaid shirt, boots, uh, rolled up jeans. And I asked him, you know, him and I were talking, just, you know, small, small talk. And I told him, I was like, how much has Berlin changed over the years? Because that man was originally from Berlin. He said, the greatest time, he's like, like any other city in the world, it's changed a lot. However, the best time to be in Berlin was in the 70s and 80s. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, that was pure freedom. He was like, pure freedom where it was punk rock and techno. It was just you could do whatever you want and be whoever you want. He was like, it was just the greatest time in my life. And I looked at him. I was like, you really lived that, eh? And he was like, yeah, man. That was like, he was like, the best time. I was like, part of me was like, mm, seems like historically I missed the boat. He was like, but you know what? He's like, you're living at a great time now, which I was like, hey, I'm not complaining. But it's uh, it's fascinating when you meet people who've been through the city, who've seen it change and develop. You know, it's pretty cool. And yeah, so at at some point, unfortunately, the cops came and shut the show down. And it was like six o'clock and it was quite early. So it was kind of disappointing. So Kiraba and I decided to move on. We just walked through the park and we saw a group of people just playing the drums, which was very much Tam Tam vibes. And just playing the drums, having a good time. But... We walk a little further. We see a basketball court and people gather around a basketball court. And I was like, oh, cool. People playing basketball and people just watching and chilling. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And there's like a lot of people, like maybe 40, 50 people. And then right next to the basketball court, we just see this like coliseum, like at least 200 people just sitting on like these, like these steps, like these concrete steps. And there's like a, uh, a stage like a like a stone stage circular stage in the middle and we see people dancing to like uh 
Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. And I thought, oh, maybe it's like a breakdance troupe and they're just performing for all these people. But then they all just went back to individual seats. And Kirbal looked at me, he's like, dude, I don't think this is a dance group. These are just random people dancing in front of all these people. I'm like, what? And it turns out what this was is an open air public karaoke thing. So this guy would just roll up with his laptop. Well, two guys would roll up with his laptop and like mixers and what and speakers. And would just invite anyone to come up and just sing karaoke in front of like two, three hundred people. And I thought this is the craziest karaoke I've ever seen in my life. So Carabao were just fascinated. So we're like, oh man, we let's go sit and watch. And we just watched. And Carabao was like, he looks at me, he's like, you should go sing. I'm like, dude, I I'm terrified just to do Asian karaoke in a room with five other people. I can't even imagine to do this in front of two or three hundred people. And I look at him, I was like, why don't you do it? He's like, oh, I would do it if I know this one song. But I don't remember the lyrics of the song, which was, um, I think was a Stevie Wonder Celebration. I think that was the song he said, but I forget. And But we're just watching all these people sing. And there's some people who are horrible. There's some people who are just not good. But <laughs> there's some people who are not good. And there's some people who are amazing. But the point of karaoke is not to be good or bad. It's just about having fun. And all of them were having so much fun. And all the people performing came from different parts of the world. You know, a guy from Ecuador. Uh, a, a girl from Australia. And another guy from Spain. Another guy from France. It was just it was so much fun. It was so incredible. And then... While we're watching on this like makeshift, um, I think it's purposely built stage, all in concrete and stone. There are people selling beer as if it was like a live sporting event. And I'm like, this place is awesome. This place is amazing. Mauer Park, M-A-U-E-R Park. I would encourage all of you, if you're in Berlin, go to Mauer Park. It's every if you want to see what berlin is like in a nutshell go to mauer park it's i I love it it's i want to go back to berlin i definitely want to go back to berlin that being said we um the night ended kind of anticlimactic because kirbo was like oh i want to go to this really cool spot that's like good dinner it was at like a 30 minute walk a further deeper into berlin unfortunately when we got there it was closed and i was like i was bummed out because i was very curious to see what this spot was about because it was like in a hidden it was like a cool hidden spot right by the canal and unfortunately it was closed but you know next time but yeah and that's it we just you know had ramen near the hostel went back to a room slept Kirbo left this morning he was first one to leave and then i left afterwards and caught a train to frankfurt and i'll be honest yesterday on our last day of Berlin, I looked at Carabao. I was like, dude, I'm sad that I'm leaving Berlin. Because when we first got to Berlin, it was just a horrible impression. We were just like, oh, it kind of sucks. It's raining. It was, you know, there was nothing happening on the street. It was, just, it was just very desolate. But that Sunday was just, it just, everything I love about Berlin was there in that one day. Admiral Brooke with, you know, with those guys rapping and performing. That was really cool. And just people being very easygoing and just, you know, non-judgmental. There's an absolute freedom in the city that you really cannot find anywhere else. Or if you're an artist, a musician, it's like, it's like, just be yourself. And it's, I really, I just, I, I resonate with that. It's just people pursuing what they absolutely love without, without hesitation or without boundaries, without limits. And it's, it's. You know, we don't really see that because if we're being, if I'm being honest, like 
Montrealers are very judgmental. <laughs> and we are. I mean, we, we have, you know, we keep talking about like, oh, we, you know, do what you want, be whoever you want, love what you want. But we're all very judgmental underneath all of that. And pretentious about it too. And, but in, in, I don't get that in Berlin. I mean, granted, I'm just a traveler going through a city. I've been there for a week and, you know, I haven't really spoken to many Berliners, but at least with there, you could tell that people are just going for it and just being themselves. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I, I encourage all, I encourage everyone to go visit Berlin. I know this episode and my time in Berlin has been entirely football related or soccer related. And I'll be honest, I don't apologize because I love to travel and I always go look for soccer wherever I go. However, there's something about Berlin where I'm like, I need to dig in deeper and I want to go back to Berlin. I do want to go to Hertha Berlin game. I do want to go to FC Union game. But unfortunately, while I was there, it was uh, Nations League. So I couldn't see it. But what I did see, what I did explore, which is the artistic side of Berlin, and it's fascinating. And I encourage all of you to go to go explore that world of Berlin. It's gritty it's punk rock it's techno it's leather boots it's uh it's not just it's dirty hipsters and clean hipsters it's <laughs> it's it's expressive it's it's many it's many things that a lot of liberal cities in north america wish they could be but they cannot because berlin just does it effortlessly berlin is just is that's what i love about that city berlin just is they are who they are and they are and it's effortless of who they are you know i I wrote in my journal today comparing berlin to portland and i find it very annoying portland's dumbass motto of keep portland weird Uh, i hate that i really hate that motto i ever since i heard it i'm like it's so dumb i probably the first time i first time i read out you know first time i came across that keep portland weird thing i was like oh okay it's charming but the more I think about it, it's so dumb because when you meet actual weird people, they don't think they're weird. They just are. And if you find Berlin weird, fine. And Berliners or just Berlin as a city, they don't think of itself as weird. They just think of itself as Berlin. This is who we are. We're not weird. We're just Berlin. A weird person doesn't say I'm weird. They say I am who I am because they're genuinely who they are. <laughs> So that's why, and, and yeah, anyway, I can go down a rabbit hole about Portland, how it's like essentially middle class, like middle class people just, you know, hijacking a working class city and just being, oh, we could be weird here. And it's like, all right, cool. Uh, maybe it's the same as, maybe it's the same thing for Berlin. I don't know, but I love my time there. I absolutely love it. It's, oh, dare I say it's my favorite city in Europe now. It really is. I, I want to go back. I really want to go back. Um, it's my first time in Germany, first time in Berlin, and I gotta say, started off not the best, and ended, and then it ended depressing because I just I can't stop thinking about it. I I want to go back. So, to anyone who goes to Berlin, take me with you. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. But yeah, so now I'm in Frankfurt, and I got one thing I could tell you immediately: Frankfurt is very pretty. It's way different from Berlin. Berlin's really gritty. It's both gritty and nice and it has a it's rough around the edges. But Frankfurt, apparently it's the financial capital of Germany, if I'm not mistaken. 
or it's considered a financial distributor journey, which makes sense because I've seen all these high rising skyscrapers, which uh, Berlin has, but not to not the skyscrapers in Frankfurt are like, whoa, that's pretty cool. But anyway, that being said, uh, to all those who are continuously listening, thank you so much for being supportive and listening. I really, I really appreciate you, honestly, because um, I'm having I'm having the travel of a lifetime right now. Um, if it like, if I'm there's only two other times that I've had an incredible time traveling, and that was in Chad or maybe Kenya, Chad or Kenya. I'm still debating which one I prefer, but um, they're both beautiful. And my first time going to Italy, but this time, like, I'm having such a fantastic time. But yeah, that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being an audience. I'll give you my input about Frankfurt. I just got here at 6 p.m. So far, it's really nice, pretty cool. It's different, way different from Berlin. And yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you for being an audience. Um... From Frankfurt, this is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you.